Welcome to the Making It Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Miles, and on this show, we interview guests about their journey of making their dreams a reality. We talk about everything from self-awareness to building a confidence in yourself and to take action so that you can make your dreams a reality. And today I have the amazing Austin. Austin is the Vice President of Strategic Development at Creative Edge and also the founder of the Daily New Year's. Now, Daily New Year's, what is that all about? Tell me more about this. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on the show. So, um, you know, I have a long winding professional uh, career. I, I started off in college as a graphic designer, got into video production. I spent seven years at a website and software development company. Now I'm back in video production at Creative Edge. And so I've got all this uh, different stuff going on in my life. But Daily New Year's started back in 2017. It was October. I was in the gym. I was working on my, my goals. I was deadlifting that day and no one else was in the gym. And I started noticing that was more of a recurring uh, theme every morning. And so I started talking to people like, hey, where's everybody at? The gym's been dead. And everybody's like, ah, we're just kind of waiting for New Year's to roll around. That's gonna, my, I'm going to get in shape next year, right? And I'm like, why does everyone postpone their self-improvement or, or waste all these uh, months waiting for New Year's? It's kind of an arbitrary uh, date for me at least. And so this, I was just deadlifting and this name jumped in my head, you know, like daily New Year's. What if tomorrow was January 1st? What would you do? Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't you just go ahead and do it even though it might be October 31st or November 10th or whatever mm -hmm. date it is? So what's the significance in waiting? And so it just sent me down this, this path of uh, researching this, exploring this. That inevitably got me into focus, mindset, prioritization, organization. But the biggest thing that it led me to is just all these goal setting strategies. So in a sense, daily New Year's is just this concept of being better every day, just daily improvement. Mm. Don't postpone it, start it. You know, it's so interesting, like, um, as we I was preparing for this podcast and, and learning a little bit more, I started doing research, looking at a couple of videos on why do people procrastinate? Like the New Year's, I'm I'm one to blame. I, I can't even remember my New Year's goal for this year. To be to be <laughs> frankly honest, I, I know I made one, wrote it down somewhere, and so obviously I didn't achieve it or it wasn't significant enough for me to really stick. It wasn't a real goal. It was maybe something I just superficial or something I use every year, like a fitness goal, right? Right. And why we procrastinate? And it's I saw this video and they were talking about that we all want those things, but it's so easy for us to say that's going to be Kyler. That would be future Kyler's problem. You know, it will be, Oh, I'm going to do it, but I'll do it tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. Do you yeah. find that with a lot of people? Like um, they're always, I, I never met someone that doesn't have some type of dream or goal, but it's always the tomorrow mentality. Yeah. That tomorrow mentality is really um, is, is what gets a lot of us. You said a couple things that, that I, I, held on to right there. You said <laughs> you forgot about it, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I had developed this new framework for setting goals last year when I wrote my book and it's called the focused framework. And my goal with that is to eliminate the smart goals, which is a huge, huge ambition. Um, but there's so many aspects of goal setting that are not connected to our human emotions. Our human mm -hmm. emotions have got to be present in our goals. And so the focused framework, um, 
the you and focused is unforgettable. If your goal is mm. unforgettable, you don't, I mean, writing your goals down is important, but your goals need to be truly unforgettable. And the mm-hmm. S in that framework is significant because if your goals aren't significant to you, to your future or to your life, then they're probably not goals you're going to want to wake up, you know, to work towards. Um, but why do people put things off? I think there's fears at play, you know, um, fear of failure, fear of ridicule, fear of rejection. Um, I think the biggest one though is fear of loss. What am I going to have to change or give up about my life to make this new dream come true? Okay. I want to, I want to be an author someday. That was a goal I had. And last year I spent my whole year, uh, working on my book, but I think I kept putting that off. Cause I'm like, what am I going to have to give up to make this, this dream come true? Am I going to have to give up hours of sleep? Am I going to have to give up time? Am I going to have to give up other hobbies? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we do have to give things up to, to, chase that new thing, but you have to analyze and what am I, is what I'm going to lose more important than what I'm going to gain. And if it mm. is, man, go after it. But if it's not, then keep what you have. So I think it's really just a, uh, a cost benefit analysis, right? Like mm. is, is the, are the gains worth it? And I think a lot of times we have these long-term ambitious goals that are really aspirational. Maybe we see other people around us doing those things and we're slightly jealous Uh, But if we really reflect deeply, maybe those things aren't things we want for ourselves. And so we keep saying someday because we know we don't really want it. Mm. And so there's, I think there's a lot of reasons, but uh, Mm. for me, it comes down to, do I really want it? And what am I willing to give up Mm -hmm. to get it? You know, and as you're talking, a couple of things also popped out, Um, you know, judgment, thinking of what other people are going to think of you. Uh, That was one. And the loss, the risk that you have to take, you know, and I think those two fall together because like my background, I came from a sales background I did it for six, seven years um, before moving to the creative space. But in my head, when I look back, I've always wanted to do what I'm doing now. You know, I didn't understand that or know that at the time, but I always wanted to be in somewhat a mentality in this space, but I was fearful of, you know, I went to school for sales for business, you know, what are people going to think? And also fear that you're right, I'm going to fail. What if I put all this money and time and it just doesn't work out? What are people going to think? And those two things, I think, stop a lot of us, like you just said, from achieving what we really want. And you hear the sky's the limit, but they don't really teach you how to reach that sky, how to, the steps you need to take to, to make your dreams, you know, come true. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, what helps me overcome that is just thinking about, do you want to be 80 years old looking back and wishing that you had tried mm-hmm. whatever that thing in your life is? I don't want to be 80 years old and be like, man, I wish I would have tried to write a book, you know? <laughs> um, so I would rather try now and fail mm-hmm. and rather than look back later and know that I failed because I didn't even give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, to me, failure doesn't really exist. I know that's kind of uh, sounds stupid, but to me, as long as you're giving it an effort, whether it looks like it did in your head at the end or not, what mm-hmm. did you learn? What did you gain? How did it change your life? If, if, if I set out to write a book last year and just never published it, but I learned a tremendous amount in my research and writing, then I gained something from that. I won in a, in a sense, mm-hmm. maybe it, it didn't go where I thought it would go but I didn't fail. You know, I mean, just shifting your thinking about failure, tricking your mind into saying, let's do this. Mm -hmm. 
you're focusing on like small wins, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I saw this post someone did on LinkedIn the other day. They posted the, the, uh, their tax return. They got it and um, it was like more than usual and they're happy because they got to purchase that thing they've been wanting for a long time and that was a small win. And some people were like, oh, congrats. Some people were like, oh, you shouldn't be investing and in, you know, all this kind of stuff. But that was a small win for him in his life and his perspective. And, and that made, it seemed like it made him happy. And um, I like what you said that turning that failure, that lesson into more of a, well, at least I tried, you know, I learned out of it. That's a win. So it, it's not a, a big L in my opinion. It's, it's, it's a, le- well, L as in lesson maybe. <laughs> yeah. Not as a, not as a loss though. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So how do people apply this idea of the daily new year? So now I understand, okay, treating every day like new Year's. why procrastinate? Well, you know, there's, there's no real reason we all do it. I mean, whether oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's cleaning the, you know, kitchen <laughs> that I have to do after this, um, or, uh, as big as goals is trying to reach your dreams and aspirations. So what can we do? How can we apply this every single day? Yeah, I think, you know, first just saying, you know, is that thing that I'm putting off for new year's something I really want to do, or is waiting for new year's an intentional way to delay having to do it? So first, just really thinking about what you truly want from life. I often tell people, I know somebody right now who has for years said they wanted to write a book and I published mine in February of this year. And this person, yeah, thank you. This person's like, ah, I really need to get on it. And then so COVID happened. We're all locked down. And this same person is texting me like, I have cleaned my entire house twice. I've you know, done all these things. I'm, I've watched everything I've wanted to watch on TV. I am, this is going to be terrible if we have six more weeks of this ahead of us. And I said, you've always wanted to write this book, start it. And you know, she's like, I just don't know where to start. And I'm like, well, first just outline some chapters or write a bunch of short stories. You don't have to write a 300 page book. You can write 50 short stories and your book can be a compilation, like a memoir type thing. So maybe just every day, write one short story. And she doesn't want to do it. And I'm like, do you really want to write a book? Or do you like the idea of having written a book? Uh, Mm. Because if you want to do it, being trapped in your house, this is the best time (laughs) ever to do this thing. And I think we all have those things in our lives that we say we want to do, but we don't really. Mm. Um, You know, so really, the daily New Year's thing is if we take away that procrastination and say, okay, I'm going to pretend tomorrow's New Year's, I'm setting a new resolution. Uh, I'm going to jump out of bed in the morning and I'm going to start, mm. you know, that, that, that's for me how the daily new year's got started. Of course, that's a pretty cornered or a niche, um, idea pretending mm-hmm. every day is new year's day. So that's led me to all these different goal setting strategies. Like I said, I've created this new focused framework, which is just a, a new way to set goals. Is your goal future focused? Is, are you thinking about what your life's going to be like in 10 years? Um, Because I think a lot of people set New Year's resolutions because, frankly, we all know that we're going to fizzle out on those between January 15th and February 15th. So I think (laughs) a lot of people know that everyone does that and it's kind of okay. Society, it's kind of okay that our resolutions fail. So I think we save some of those goals we don't really care about for the resolution because we know we have an out. But if we think about our future, if we think about life as as a lifestyle and not a destination, Mm -hmm. what's this goal going to do for me in 20 years? 
-hmm. you know, writing a book took a lot of time and energy for me. It was hard. I had to give up some other things. I had to quit blogging and podcasting, but I knew what it was going to do for my future. Um, Mm. is your goals, are you optimistic about your goals? Are your goals challenging, unforgettable, significant, energizing energy, energy is huge. Um, I often tell people your goals should give you energy. They shouldn't be draining you. And a lot of people will tell me, you know, their, their work is tough, their family is busy. And so they're just drained and they don't have time for their goals. Mm -hmm. Well, waiting for new year's day is not going to help that, but it's, it's kind of, counterintuitive, but I often say that if you have some goals you're really excited about, that's going to put new wind in your sails. It's going to re-energize you. Mm-hmm. It's going to make the job that maybe you don't like that's draining you a little more bearable because you know it's not the only thing going on in your life. You've got this other thing you're doing for you. Mm-hmm. And so goals that energize you can actually breathe new energy back into other areas too. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question necessarily, but um, to me, it's just all about setting really meaningful goals, not arbitrary ones. It answers it and also <laughs> pops in like 15 other questions. So I, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with what you mean. Like, and when I say I forgot my goal this year, it, it's like, I, I mean, realistic. I think people, like you said, set goals that we feel this pressure to like leading up to the idea of waking up in a, in a new year, a new decade, we all felt refreshed. We all felt energy, like you said. And it's so true. I, I do remember waking up on New Year's Day, um, you know, partying the night before, but still like <laughs> energetic and still yeah. happy. To, this is a new decade. This is the year that I'm going to make myself like, I'm going to make myself the best self, right? And you say that to yourself all the time. I know every year I do. And then you're right, you know, COVID-19 happens and all of a sudden, you're in this mindset or this perspective where, ugh, like, oh, now, now I can't do that dream. Now I can't do that thing. You're putting up barriers before you even try, before you even go oh, for yeah. it. You're creating your own obstacles. And the best example is the gym. I find like gyms are closed. So how are you going to achieve? We all have fitness goals that we want to achieve. How are you going to do it? And I know my girlfriend is my biggest motivator, honestly, to go to the gym. And, and that's just the truth. I, I, I want to be, I want to live a long, healthy life with her. Plus I want to be, you know, uh, I don't want her to think I'm uh, some slob, you know, <laughs> on the couch all the time. I, I want to be with her in that. Right. So that's, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I think building accountability for yourself, we hold ourselves accountable to, if I forget one day, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up, but tomorrow we're going to go at it extra hard. Do you, in the daily new years, is accountability something that you practice that, um, helps you at least achieve those goals? Because you have to be very disciplined, right? To um, make those goals happen. Yeah, I think a lot of people are different. Me personally, I'm very much, once I have the vision of what I'm trying to achieve, I'm very ambitious. I'm a self-starter. I'm an up at 4 a.m. kind of guy. I don't need um, a whole lot of accountability. Uh, But in some areas, in other areas, I do. So it really depends. It depends on the person. Um, Mm -hmm. I talk about different kinds of accountability. So you've got your one-on-one accountability partner. That could Mm -hmm. be your wife, girlfriend, husband, whoever. Um, My wife and I are not good accountability partners. Mm -hmm. I'm way more ambitious than she (laughs) is. And so if I try to be her accountability partner, I'm like trying to push her way too hard. And she's like, I don't want you pushing me. I want to go at my own pace. So it doesn't Mm work. Um, But you know, you've got your one-on-one accountability partners. You've got mentors. Mentors have been huge in my life. 
Um, so if I want to achieve something, I try to get real human interaction mentorship. But if I can't get that, I read the books of that person. I subscribe to their YouTube channels. I try to get as much, um, synthetic mentorship as I can mm -hmm. so I can learn a lot. Uh, but what's been huge for me in the realm of accountability is my mastermind group. And so people may not know what a mastermind group is. So you could just call it, you know, your, your accountability group. Uh, for me, it's all guys. So it's my men's group and mm -hmm. we meet every Wednesday at, uh, at noon for lunch. Uh, and since COVID we've been meeting every week through zoom. Uh, but it, there's eight of us. And so every week we share our goals. We share our progress since the previous week. We set new goals for the next week. And then we're constantly challenging and asking each other about last week, you said you were going to do this. This week you didn't mention it. Are you, did you ditch that? Did you forget about that? Mm. Are you, so, you know, so we're always challenging each other to stay focused on our goals. But we also talk about the cool stuff we're reading, the cool podcasts we're listening to, we're <laughs> texting each other, motivational quotes. I mean, we are constantly uh, connected on our phones, keeping each other's spirits up. So it's not just being accountable to goals, but we're, we're trying to be a good support network to each other. Mm -hmm. So uh, I challenge people, whether it's a blended group of men and women, or it's just all women or all men, I challenge people, try to find some folks that are like-minded and are doing, trying to chase some goals. They don't have to do the same goals, but form a group where you meet weekly, bi-weekly, or however, uh, and just challenge each other to stay on track. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, you hear it all the time that you are the people who you surround yourself with the most. Mm -hmm. And if you surround yourself with men, women uh, that are all uh, trying to achieve their goals, you're going to, it's going to seep into you no matter what, no matter who you are, right. you're going to, and it may not be the same level. Like you said, like you, that's, it's interesting, the different types of accountability, right? I never thought about it that way. You know, yeah. um, whether my girlfriend pushes me too hard, I push her, her too hard or setting up a group. That's so, that's so smart. I know um, something that the advice I was given was that accountability. When you make accountability for yourself, you're more inclined to be disciplined and, and then create that routine that will help you accomplish that goal. And what I talked about on the Making a Podcast where – when I made the transition to become a videographer, video editor, filmmaker, what have you, um, I had to be disciplined. I had to do it every single day. Mm -hmm. And I uh, accepted this challenge where I would make a video every day and I posted online and that was my accountability. I, to my, all my family and friends that I'm yeah. going to do this. And, and to be honest, I failed. I only did 21 days out of the 30, but I made 21 videos instead of, you know, spending a month on one video. And I learned so much in that experience. And, and I was, I was like, uh, up until 2am almost every day, which I don't advise, but <laughs> I was very determined. Right. And I think it really sets a, a, a good path towards accomplishing your goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to, I want to call out one thing that you said. So I'm always learning about goal setting strategies, new things. And I just learned this new concept just a couple days ago. So it's super fresh in my mind, but it's the gap versus the game gain. Mm. Um, I think Dan Sullivan, the exponential coach or the strategic coach came up with this. And so with goal setting, the reason so many of us get frustrated is we focus on the gap. You had a 30 day goal, you did it for 21. And so you said, I only did it for 21. And so you're kind of focused on that nine day gap. 
-hmm. But really what you should be saying is I was shooting for 30 and I managed to crush it 21 days. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I always tell people goal setting is not about being perfect. It's mm -hmm. about being better than you were before. I love so, that. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, you don't have to hit the 30 out of 30 days to make improvement. If you want to be better every day, doing it 21 days was better than nothing at all. And so you, like you just said, you made massive improvements. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage people now that I've learned about this is to focus on your gains, your successes, not that gap or where you're different. If you want to lose 35 pounds and you, and you lose 30, don't focus on that gap of five where you mm -hmm. missed the mark. Focus on that triumph, that success of the 30 pounds you did lose. So mm -hmm. that's super fresh in my mind. That's so cool. I mean, the people I've been interviewing on this podcast, we've talked a lot about perspective and that's the word I use, right? What you're saying, that gap is, it's just a way of thinking. Like Absolutely. you're right. What I said was more of a negative, like I didn't achieve it, but you're completely right. You're focusing on the win, not the lose. You're focusing on that I did 21 days that like, it doesn't matter if you didn't accomplish the 30. You did 21 days and you're better because of it, right? Mm -hmm. So that is a win for sure. And I, as I look back, now I'm going to start saying that, that I accomplished 21 days out of the 30. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because, again, we're all worried about failure. And so if you tell somebody my goal was 30 and I managed to crush it for 21 they're going to say, well, you missed nine days. They're going to focus on the gap. And so I think we try to pre preemptively mm. shine a light on that. So other people won't do it for us, you know? And so mm. we all do it though. I, I was on a podcast the other day and I said something that was very negative slanted. And the guy said, no, wait, you're not <laughs> bad at that. You are getting yeah. better at it, you know? So mm -hmm. we, we all have those tendencies. It's just trying to shift that mindset as best we can. Yeah. I think it comes down to judgment. Like I, I always come back to the same core things that I was so afraid to, to go after what I wanted because of what people would think. And when you really think about it, and take a step back from like looking at social media, why do you care that Joe boy 22 said you look ugly in that photo or you look, you sound terrible on that podcast. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta let that pass you because it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's good to have, you know, criticism, but if someone's just trying to put you down, that's toxic energy. Like it's not going to bring you, it's not going to help you help you and you can't let it pierce you. If, especially if you don't know that person, like who cares right. what Joe boy 22 said. Yeah. As a weird example. No, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a student of stoicism, but I, it has come across my path several times. And, and one key mentality that the stoics have is asking, will this matter in a hundred years? And if it won't, then it doesn't matter today. It doesn't matter right this second. And that's something I try to subscribe to, even though I'm not a stoic and, and I have not read all the, the greatest stoics books and things. Mm -hmm. That's just one thing that came across my radar. And I'm like, that's, that's good. If it's not going to matter in a hundred years, it mm -hmm. shouldn't matter today. Even yeah. in 10 days, like, you know, I'm trying to, I, I made up that, that name, but someone did, someone commented, you know, on one of my podcasts and it was just a toxic, you know, it wasn't anything helpful or criticism. It was just toxic. And I don't even remember the comment because like, again, in the moment, if you let it ruin your day or ruin that moment, it will ruin your day, ruin your week. But it didn't matter to me 10 days ago and it won't matter then. So to your point, hundred yeah. years, 10 days, it, it, it doesn't. Yeah. 
Yeah, it may matter a lot in that moment, but if yeah, if, like you said, if if, if it's not going to matter tomorrow or at any point in the future, then don't let it get you down. I'm sorry that you had that experience. That sucks. <laughs> no, I, it's it's part of it. You know, when you put yeah. yourself out there, you, you are putting yourself out there to all forms of criticism and judgment and people thinking, oh, this guy's this guy's trying to start a podcast. What is he thinking? And and even if this, you know, some of the greatest advice I was given when I first started making videos was that, um, Kyler, your first hundred videos are going to suck. And that kind of hurt. I was like, man, I haven't even started. You're already calling me like (laughs) shit, you know? But the truth is, is that it's because, you know, like anything, when you first get learn how to drive, you're not a good driver. You don't know how to drive, especially if you're learning manual, like what to do, how to look at everything. Like you learn through practice, you learn through daily um, discipline and going out, Hey mom, dad, I want to go drive. I want to go driving. I want to go driving. And for me, I just made it videos, try to make as much as I can, as much as I can make more mistakes, learn from those mistakes. And now that I pass pass that threshold, I see what they mean. Right. And like writing your book, your first book that you write is not maybe not be your best book, maybe your tenth book that is the best selling. That is the it, because you live longer, you've made those mistakes, and and not saying that first book is going to be crap by any means. But sure. Well, if if our future work is not better than our present work, then we're not growing. And mm-hmm. so when I wrote this book, it started off being it was supposed to be like a forty-page ebook lead magnet for my email list to grow that. <laughs> And so I started pulling blog posts together and I'm like, I'll make a book out of this. And so it started growing. It became 80 pages. And I'm like, maybe there's a whole book here. And after nine months of writing, rewriting, editing, reading out loud, rewriting again, um, it changed so much. And so then I went back and read some of those blog posts that this, this book was built on. And I'm like, this blog post sucks. It's so horribly written. It's so bad. Um, but that was good. I loved that realization because I'm like, I, in one year I have grown so much as a writer. Mm. I never thought I could write 65,000 words about anything. Um, (laughs) even now it still seems crazy. Uh, but my writing grew so much and and Mm. I'm proud of that. I'm proud that my old work kind of sucks compared to my present work. If it didn't, I'd be kind of (laughs) scared. It's, it's true, but that's kind of the mentality, right? We we think like when you're starting something, and I, I'm like you, like um, when I when I did this, I just started. Like I didn't know other than how to take a photo. I didn't know anything about a camera, and sure. I but I just learned. I, I looked up on YouTube every night. I watched daily videos. I read um, articles, hacks, you know, all these sorts of things. I started following people on social media who are people I inspire to be and just through every single day, you just got better and better and better. And yeah, the first photo I took versus now is, is 10 times <laughs> different, you know, and you do, you kind of laugh at yourself. Uh, but that's, that's what progress is. And that's what I think what I want this podcast to be about is, is truly about the journey, right? Yeah. Making it, you know, I, I don't believe that I've made my dream come true. I've just started, but I've made the realization that this is the journey I'm supposed to be on. This brings me the most happiness. This brings me the most joy and fulfillment. And going back to energy, I will work a full day editing different videos, um, brainstorming about different concepts, different podcasts. And then after dinner, I'll go back to do my personal stuff. And I want to mm-hmm. edit more. And it seems to be this endless supply of energy. You know, I, I'm drinking coffee, but I'm not drinking coffee at 8 p.m. at night. And I feel the same. 
it's hard to go to bed, right? Because you're like, I want to keep working on this. And so many people tell me that they just haven't had that thing in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't have anything that I care that much about. And, and first of all, I, I'm sorry, that sucks. I wish you had something like that. But I think a lot of people are, af- are afraid to dream. They're afraid to hope. And so they don't look for that thing to care about. I've seen people in my personal life that they say, not everyone's dream can, tr- can come true. Not everyone can have a dream. Um, if you get your hopes up, you could just be let down. But if you don't allow yourself to have those childlike hopes and dreams, then you can't get excited about something to the point that it is energizing you and driving you. To get mm. so emotionally invested in something that it can fuel you also has to come with that underlying fear that it may not work out and that's mm. okay uh, because you can spin off of that, you can evolve, you can adapt, uh, but you can't get emotionally invested unless you really allow yourself to be vulnerable to, to what might happen. Mm. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit because you, know, you talked about in the beginning that you went from a graphic designer to video making to, I believe, software engineer, if I heard that correctly, to what you're doing now. That's very interesting, you know, all somewhat in the creative space, but very different things. Mm-hmm. And to your point about being vulnerable, putting yourself out there, and I believe you tried all these things before you figured out what you're meant to do. Walk us through a little bit of that process and maybe what if someone is kind of in that second or third job and they're trying to figure out what they can do. Yeah, for me, it was everything was closely related. So I'll just try to give you the quickest version of this story. So high school, I went to a very small school. My graduating class was 45 people and we got the Adobe suite on our computers, but our teachers didn't even know how to use it. And I picked up Macromedia Flash and Photoshop very quickly. And I'm like, this is fun. I love learning this. I'm going to be a graphic designer. I didn't explore what a graphic design career would look like, how much money it would make. Mm. Um, I, I never had to, teachers give you assignments. You never have to think creatively necessarily. So I just dove straight into college and two years in, I found out I didn't really like it that much. I was very proficient with the tools, but when you would try to give me a, come up with a, a creative assignment that will achieve this goal, I couldn't necessarily come up with my own creative ideas. If you gave me a picture of something, I could recreate it because I, I knew mm-hmm. the tools. Um, so I, I got into video because I'm like, this is so much. I didn't switch my degrees. I got into video. I uh, started working for free at a video production company. Coincidentally, it's the one that I'm back at now. Uh, <laughs> but I spent two years there doing real estate TV production. I left to uh, go to some greener pastures. I was young and, and stupid at the time and didn't like how my job was going. Uh, So I went to become a graphic designer at the school that I graduated from. I got hired there, spent two years. Again, it it was kind of fun, but it wasn't my interest. So I was trying to start this freelance video production company on the side, but I didn't know it then, but I know it now. I had major risk aversion. I couldn't quit a comfortable job with good benefits to pursue my passions. Um, but somebody solved that for me. So owner of element 74 reached out and said, Hey, I heard about you. You come recommended. I'm looking for a project manager at my website company, but your skills and video, I think could be cool with our website division. Maybe we could do video production. So I went there, became a project manager. Uh, there was maybe 12 people there at the time, spent some three years building this video production division. 
Um, we eventually didn't pursue it. The owner just didn't like that you had to keep selling more videos. There was no residuals. Like with software and websites, there's hosting, there's licensing. Mm -hmm. So we shut it down. But in seven years there, I went from being a project manager to the chief operations officer. Mm -hmm. And that's when I fell in love with helping people. I loved, and when I left there, there was like 22 people. Um, so I climbed the ranks, I climbed up within the company and I was helping our employees figure out what they wanted from their careers, what they wanted from their lives. Um, I was always their sounding board, kind of their coach. And that's when I fell in love with all this stuff. And I started Daily New Year's somewhere in that window. Mm. Um, that company was bought out and now I'm back at Creative Edge where I was back in 09 as the, <laughs> the VP of Strategic Development. So I've come full circle. I was never a software engineer. Um, Element 74 built software and I project oh, I managed. I did the project management and the product ownership of the products we were building, but I never really got into, I did a little HTML and CSS, but <laughs> nothing, nothing intense. But I just, I don't know. I didn't even know going into all this, what I wanted from life. Mm. And if it wasn't for close mentorship, I'll give a shout out to DC. He was the COO at Element 74 before I was. And he's the one that really told me, people come to you. People within the company come to you. They tell you problems they haven't told anyone else. They open up to you. They trust you. Why does everyone come to you? And I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't understand. And so he helped me realize that I'm able to build relationships and rapport with people because I think they know I'm genuinely trying to help. I, there's nothing in it for me. There's nothing to gain. Mm. And so if it wasn't for somebody can, you know, really investing time in me and talking me through what I get excited about. I, I have skills in video and graphics and all these different things, but my passion is in helping people. And mm. uh, I didn't come to that realization on my own. And maybe if you're out there listening, maybe it's hard for you to come to some of those realizations on your own. So just talking through things with mentors, with family members, and again, just allowing yourself to hope and dream can open mm. your eyes to so many more possibilities. I love that. Like everything you said to matches kind of my, my own theory and you explored your interests. When you're into graphic design, you explored it. You went to college, found out, okay, it wasn't the right fit and tried video, explored that. And those opened the doors, even though you knew it wasn't the love of your life uh, as a career purpose or passion you ended up discovering it through following your passion, you know, through trying to achieve your dreams, trying to. So that's the greatest thing, right? Try like mm -hmm. to your point, if, if you're stuck, if you're feeling like, Oh, this is not the right fit for me. Don't be stuck in there for seven years. Try something else. Try something different. And everyone's at different levels. Some people have kids and a mortgage and it's a little bit tough, mm -hmm. right? But there's ways you can do it on the side. You can dedicate time towards doing a side hustle. But I, I love your story and, and it, it kind of similar to, to mine, not in the, in the exact sense, but um, just going for your interests. I never knew that I would have a podcast last year. I just was started managing a podcast through my work, saw how much fun it was interviewing guests and getting to know people and learning so much and, and then thought I could share my own story. And, and now, you know, I'm connecting with so many interesting people from all sorts of fields in business to psychology to agriculture to all these different things. And it's, it's opening it's up doors that I never, exactly, opening up all these doors that I never thought was possible. Yeah, I think 
a lot of people are afraid to try new things because of the time commitment. But man, the more things you try, the more things that can come across your path. Had I not left Creative Edge the first time, I wouldn't have gone to SEMO to become a graphic designer professionally. Um, that job bored me. Honestly, I had 10 hours of work to do a week, but I had to sit there for 40. And so then mm -hmm. I started this side hustle of video production. I, I worked for a person in the, in the local city department, uh, government. And when Chris at Element 74 was looking for project managers, he reached out to her and she said, you should talk to Austin. He's done some video work for us. I think he'd be good. And so all these decisions set new things up to come across my path. Had I just been bummed out about the situation I was in and I'm like, well, I went to school for this so now I've got to do this. I'm going to stay put in here, stay here. All these other things couldn't have come across my path. You know, if you just a, I don't know, a poor metaphor, a poor analogy, if you take the exact same route to and from work every day and you never deviate from that path, you never have the opportunity to see what else is around. You know, nothing else can come across your path because you're just mm -hmm. the same thing every day. My wife's been selling insurance for 10 years. Her passion is in real estate. And I've been for the last couple of years trying to encouraging her. I'm like, take the test, get your license. You don't mm -hmm. have to quit your job to start this other thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of COVID, she finally purchased the course and now she's studying to be a realtor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, but she's afraid of, I know insurance. I know it like the back of my hand. I know everything about it. Now I have to put myself into a situation where I don't really know anything and that's uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. she's doing it. I'm super proud of her. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you're out there and you want to try something new, just go for it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It, it can be tough. And I always try to put myself into other people's shoes. Like people come from different backgrounds, different yeah. upbringings and have different chips on their shoulders. For me, um, I was a poor reader as a kid, really tough. I was always behind and I had to get like extra tutoring and, and I was fearful to, you know, I wanted to go into acting when I was younger. That's how I at first kind of got introduced to the video world. And I didn't because I was fearful to read a script. I was fearful for, like you said, like th that, that nervousness, that change, that everything. And now looking back, it's so like silly, you know what I mean? Because uh, like now I'm, I, I write content, I, I speak, I, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter anymore. Like you said, in a hundred years, it's not going to matter. But um, I completely agree. You, you got to try, you got to go take this opportunity. Although COVID-19 is hurting so many people. It is. Um, if you're the lucky ones that is, healthy and safe like you got to do something you got to what are you going to tell people uh what you did during this year you know because the facts are that we're going to be in this for probably a couple months unfortunately as it looks like at least uh you know in montreal uh it, it doesn't look like we're coming out of quarantine until like september maybe even past that so wow yeah so it's it, it's pretty bad unfortunately and um but how are you going to come out of this better? How are you going to come out of this stronger? Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people are furloughed or they're laid off. They're living on less income. Um, but, you know, it, and, and that's, it's horrible. But uh, Udemy right now has tons of courses that are massively on sale. I think I just bought a life coaching. It's a $100 course, but I bought it for 14 bucks. So even if you're on a restricted income right now, you could maybe buy a course with 20, 80 hours of video content 
that's going to float you a long time and you're going to learn new skills. I think mm -hmm. Skillshare is a monthly subscription. And then once you're in there, you have access to all the courses. I think mm. it's like eight bucks a month. So get in there and, you know, cheaper than Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And you can be taking courses on all kinds of stuff, you know, and you can really explore a lot of different passions. Maybe it's digital marketing, copywriting. Maybe you have a digital camera that you've never learned how to use and you want to get into photography. There's so much we can do inside our homes and there's a lot of inexpensive ways to learn those skills. And YouTube, it's in most cases, it's completely free and you can learn thousands of skills um, I've been boxing out in the garage. I haven't boxed in like 10 years, but I've been watching boxing videos, learning all the different punches and jabs and stuff. And cause I can't go to the gym and yeah. I'm having so much fun with it. Mm -hmm. That must be nice. Like going in a garage after a nice hard day, smacking that thing around. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> I'm in an apartment. So, but yeah, hey, no excuse. I could, you know, I could shadow order boxing. Amazon. <laughs> shadow boxing, man. I mean, it's still yeah. a great workout. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I, I like that a lot. And, and you're so right. I mean, I, I've seen um, universities give free, like McGill University here yeah. in, in Montreal is giving free online courses. So um, if you're unemployed at the moment and you, you know, you're going to be employed again, how, what are you going to tell that future employer? that you watch Netflix for, you know, five months or that you went to, you took some free online courses, you went to Skillshare, you did all these things to better yourself and to learn a new skill. Um, even if it's just an hour a day, it's like, you know, over the span of a couple months, you're going to get a certificate, you're going to get something out of it. Yeah, something new to add to your resume, your LinkedIn profile, or just your <laughs> your uh, feel good about yourself list. Like, hey, I've got this new certificate, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Like that's, that's so, so cool. Is there anything, you know, we're coming up to the 45 minute mark. Is there anything you want to leave with uh, our audience? Any advice, uh, just thoughts are in your head going on right now? Man, my, my main message, you just said, even if it's an hour a day, my main message is just don't put off something that you're wanting to try. If it's 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, or if you decide to dive in head first, just don't put your dreams off. Don't, don't postpone your self-improvement. Um, start today. You know, don't even wait till tomorrow. As soon as you end this podcast and you're done listening to this, go and, and start that thing. If it's mm -hmm. starting a blog, go buy a domain name. You've started, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, that's how mine started. I had the idea and I bought the domain name. That was the very first step and it just all flowed from there. So just don't be afraid to take the first step. Mm. Do you, um, quick question, do you like write it down on a schedule? Are you more that type of guy or uh, are you more like, you know, like you said, you said earlier that if it's a, if it's a meaningful goal, you'll never forget it. Yeah, no, there's a lot of power behind writing your goals down. There's also a lot of, uh, scientific studies behind it that if you write your goals down, not just once, but daily, if you rewrite them, you're 42% more likely to achieve them. So you can't see it off screen, but I have uh, two whiteboards in my office. One is for like my podcast and blog schedule. The other one is like a calendar. And so I'm writing all my milestones. I subscribe to Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. It's a quarterly goal planner. I've been using it for two years now. Um, and it focuses on your big goals for the quarter and then your three big goals for the week. And then every day it's got pages for what are your three big goals for today? And mm. so it's, it's very structured, which is good for me. I can't just get a, a moleskin notebook and, and go for it. I've got to have the guidance. 
um, to keep me on track. But I use a lot of written tools. I use a lot of apps too. Um, <laughs> you know, if it's my, my daily water intake, I have an app for that. I don't track that in my, my notebook. I might have my streak like, Hey, you know, um, out of the last eight days, I've done it eight times. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do the streaks in my notebook, but I use the app to keep myself accountable. It's like, Hey, drink yeah. water. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there's just a lot of different ways to track. Yeah. I find that for me personally, I always switching like different note taking apps and notebooks. Like I have a pile of notebooks that I recently just cleaned. I'm like, man, half of these notebooks are only like, I only wrote in it like half the pages and I'm like, so I, I find myself not sticking to it either because it's not working or I keep forgetting or maybe I didn't build that habit. But that's why I ask what, you, what you'd use to take notes and write these goals down. So yeah, mine's never, never more than a reach away, generally speaking. Um, it is kind of a waste though, because every day you've got your big three, your notes, and then like a whole notes page. Someday I'll, I'll fill the whole notes side and all the stuff. And then some days it looks pretty empty and it's like, man, I just wasted a lot of paper. Mm. Um, but the book is designed to go for a quarter and then you get a, a new one. And so I've got them all on my shelf in a row. And uh, I don't know, that's, it's probably not good for wasted paper, but it's good <laughs> yeah. for my goals. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Austin, for coming on the show. It was awesome to get to know you and you give some great tips. I, I wrote down some of the things you said. Uh, love everything, your perspective, your, your process, and your life journey. It's, it's really cool to meet you. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. This has been a really fun conversation. Awesome. Well, I'll put um, all your contact info below. And so again, if you want to reach Austin, you can reach him there on LinkedIn. I think you're on all social platforms. So I am. Yeah. Most Perfect. active on LinkedIn. And then my hub is dailynewyears.com. So yeah. Awesome. So uh, I'll put that in and uh, I'll have to put some fancy text because you're a video editor. You're a video videographer. <laughs> so I'll make sure I impress you a little bit, but uh, I'll put your contact info below. And again, this is Austin and your host, Kyler Miles, the Making It Podcast. Thank you so much. See you. Thanks. 